If you like audiobooks or audio shows, check out a free trial of Audible. Just click the link in the description. Welcome to Mindshock True Crime. This is your host, Bruce McGuire. And Maxwell Powers, Johnny Mills. And today, we are finally going over the John Benet Ramsey case. <laughs> this oh. is part one, an American tragedy. One of the, if not most famous, child murder case of all time. The most requested, too, I believe. Yeah, our Ooh. listeners have been clamoring for this episode for a while since, on the surface, it seems to be relatively basic case, but... Like a lot of cases, there is quite a bit of information to go over. Once again, if you like our podcast, you can donate to our PayPal. Just check the link in the description. Make sure you're subscribed to the channel. Hit the bell for notification to get updates. And if you like the video, click like. Leave any comments, questions, thoughts, or any other requests. We will get to them. Make sure you like our Facebook page as well. And you can check us out on Twitter, Reddit, and Patreon also. So... I don't think this case really needs an extensive introduction. Maxwell, even you're familiar with this case, right? <laughs> um, <laughs> no. Just well, no. I I I just seen it on TV a lot back in the day. Um, yeah, other just some little girl got killed, and the parents were to blame or something like that. Uh, that's like, one she of was the like, She was like a little model, right? She's like five years old. She was or seven a pageant, a beauty pageant queen. Yeah. 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 This also actually put beauty pageants in general more into the yeah. the limelight as should parents be doing this to yeah, their yeah, children. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I remember that. Kind that was of, crazy. It's, it kind of spiraled not just from the murder itself, but also the beauty pageant background. Johnny, initial thoughts on the case? Uh, just recently I heard about the brother doing something about it, uh, had something to do with it. Yeah, he was on Dr. Phil, very bizarre interview. I never heard of that theory before, but I always thought maybe the parents had something to yeah, do I with think, it. Yeah, I think the majority of people thought it was the parents, and then there was always a contingent who thought it was Burke, the brother, and then the parents covered up for the brother. And the brother is like uh, mentally challenged or something, right? Or like autistic or something like that? Uh, somewhat, I don't know. There's conflicting reports on that as well. He was a little didn't... smiley. In that yeah. one interview. Yeah, we'll have to go over that extensively. But what always bothered me about this case is there were just strange little clues in the basement, like as if it was staged, like there's just more than meets the eye there. Was there really an intruder? Was there an intruder who didn't kill her and then Bert killed her? How do you make sense of all of these inconsistencies in the case? And then the ransom letter and all that oh, stuff. Oh, yeah. Then, of course, yeah, the the weird ransom letter with some details. that the, You got handwriting experts on both sides with, saying whether the mother did it or not. But And then the money was, like, uh, similar to what the father was going to receive or something like that. The, yeah, there was. there's so many problems with it. But there's also, when you go down all the rabbit holes in this case, there's even DWB action, Maxwell. Uh, Break that down. What's that again? Uh, Devil-worshipping bastard. <laughs> Yeah, supposedly the father might have been involved with some shady people in government. And there's a human trafficking angle as well. There, There's a lot of strange, strange things. But So let's go over an outline real quick. The basic facts of the case. Here's some background information about the John Benet Ramsey murder investigation. Which I don't know if I said this, but other than OJ, this might have been, what, the biggest media coverage of a murder case, right? Yeah, in that time. Yeah, at the yeah. time. In, in real time. The six-year-old beauty pageant queen was found murdered in her Boulder, Colorado home on December 26th, 
1996. No one has ever been charged in the case and the investigation is still open. Early suspicion fell on her parents, but they were exonerated after DNA at the scene was found to belong to a male unrelated to the Ramsey family. Now, once again, we've co- if you haven't checked out our episode on the Stephen Avery series, DNA for Dummies, that's required listening to see how DNA works. But So the DNA is not really good at matching, but it is pretty good at excluding suspects. So when they say that it belonged to a male unrelated to the Ramsey family, so they compared the genes, they compared the DNA. So that is... There might be some, I, don't, I wouldn't write that off quite as easily as saying, oh, this was a DNA match, because a DNA match could match multiple people. But DNA exclusions seem to be much more accurate in DNA testing. And some of the, uh, the new DNA testing is going to be even more accurate and quicker, too. Yeah, which has been just so supposedly yeah. we'll have to do an episode specifically on DNA within the John Bonet series as well. So this is part one, an American tragedy. And in our further episodes, we will be exploring everything in depth. So, yes. Yeah, so, John Bonet was born August 6, 1990. She was born in Atlanta, Georgia. Her birth name is John Bonet Ramsey. Parents, John and Patricia, also known as Patsy Ramsey. Siblings include Burke Ramsey, John Andrew Ramsey, half-brother, Melinda Ramsey Long, half-sister, Elizabeth Ramsey, half-sister, who actually died in 92 at age 22. Other facts, John Bonet was named after her father, John Bennett Ramsey, and her name is pronounced in a French style, Zon Bonet. Zon Bonet. That's what it says here. (laughs) She won the following beauty pageants, Little Miss Colorado, Little Miss Charlevoix, Colorado State All-Star Kids Cover Girl, America's Royal Miss, and National Tiny Miss Beauty. That stuff's so weird to me. Yeah, that's pretty weird. Those pageants? Yeah. She is buried in Marietta, Georgia, beside her mother, who died from ovarian cancer in 2006, and her half-sister, Elizabeth Ramsey, who died in a car crash in 1992. That was a 22-year-old? Yes. Wasn't there another kid that died? Younger? No. No? No. Timeline, December 26, 1996, John Binet is murdered in Boulder, Colorado. Her body is found in her basement the same day. John Binet's mother, Patsy, says she found a ransom note demanding $118,000 for John Binet's return. January 4, 97, reports reveal that John Binet's skull had been fractured. April 30th, 1997, police conduct their first formal interviews with John and Patsy Ramsey. That's also kind of strange. That's quite a bit of time off. Time off what? Well, if she died the 26th or the 25th, they didn't conduct the first formal interview until April 30th. Oh, yeah, yeah. That is weird. What's also weird is the ransom note uh, for the money. That's not a lot at all. Yeah, it's also a very specific amount. Yeah. We will get to that. Yeah. Be like 10 December. December 97, police, Boulder police say John and Patsy Ramsey remain under, quote, an umbrella of suspicion, end quote. January 15th, 98, John Bonet's parents declined to participate in a second interview with detectives, saying they won't cooperate unless police allow them to review evidence in the case. So they want to see evidence? October 13th, 1999, Boulder County District Attorney Alex Hunter states that no indictments will be issued due to lack of evidence in the case. You know what's weird, though? Like, 
if you have the body, you have the scene of the crime. How is that not enough? Like, there's all these other cases. There's no body. They don't know where they were killed. People went missing. Like, and they still they still managed to somehow get a decent amount of evidence. Like here, it seems like you have it all here. The it DNA, like, though, maybe they're just trusting that DNA. Yeah, yeah. Mm. But yeah, there's a, there's a, there's a lot. There wasn't there like rope. Wasn't yeah, there's there like a yeah. We'll get into or... a lot. This is not. There's not a dearth of evidence here, as in other cases where there's so many unknowns. We have a lot of knowns in this case. December 2003, a new DNA sample is submitted to the FBI database in the hope of finding new leads. June 24th, 2006, Patsy Ramsey, age 49, dies of ovarian cancer. August 16th, 2006, officials announce that 41-year-old John Mark Carr has been arrested in Bangkok, Thailand as a suspect in the case. Carr allegedly told an American investigator that he drugged John Binet, and sexually assaulted her before accidentally killing her. Prosecutors later dropped the case after DNA tests failed to link him to the scene of the crime. You know, the other thing that's weird, and we'll get into him specifically, but if can they exclude him? Because if he didn't act alone... Yeah, he could have... If he did it with somebody else, did, I don't know. Well, you, you you have all the details on uh, how they proved it wasn't him. Uh, we later. will go over. Yeah, we'll go over the overview of all the suspects and all the theories, <clears throat> and in our further episodes, we'll go deep into each specific rabbit hole and upturn every stone in this case as well in typical mind shock fashion. The, the other weird thing is today's December twenty sixth. <laughs> yes, we are recording this on the anniversary of John Bonet's body being found. July 9th, 2008, Boulder County District Attorney Mary Lacey says no one in the Ramsey family is considered a suspect and formally apologizes in a letter to John Ramsey. February 2009, the Boulder Police Department resumes its status as the lead agency investigating the case. That's kind of weird. October 2nd, 2010, police investigators conduct new rounds of interviews. January 27th, 2013, the Boulder Daily Camera reports that in 99, the grand jury voted to indict John and Patsy Ramsey on charges of child abuse resulting in death, but Hunter decided there was not enough evidence to file charges and did not sign the indictment. The, the judge did that? A grand jury, yes. But, well, Hunter was the DA. Is that the oh, DA? Oh, okay. So she didn't sign. But this does tell us that the parents were considered suspects. According to the ju- uh, grand jury. Yeah. yeah. So they got all the all the details, all the uh, the facts based off. Of- well, it's kind of weird. It's child abuse resulting in death. So that does that mean they have evidence of abuse but not necessarily the murder? So someone else could have still convicted the murder, but the parents also abused her? I don't know what exactly. Yeah, was there other things that we don't know about? Yeah, there's Yeah, there's a lot we don't know in this case. December 28th, 2016, after CBS airs a docuseries about the case suggesting that John Bonet's brother, Burke Ramsey, may have been the culprit, Burke files a $250 million defamation lawsuit against the network, the production company that made the documentary, and one of the experts featured in the special, Dr. Warner Spitz. Burke had filed a separate defamation lawsuit against Spitz in October, stemming from a comment the doctor made during a radio interview. John Ramsey later files his own suit against CBS in Michigan State Court. Did they ever win those things? Huh. All right, so I'm going to go over a Rolling Stone article, which actually names the top eight suspects. 
and we'll go through those as well as a couple other suspects and theories. So, who killed John Benet Ramsey? Eight possible suspects. This was published on October 12, 2016, by Brian Lovett. From her immediate family to the kindly neighborhood Santa Claus, a brief look at the cases for and against the murder's most popular suspects. The unsolved murder of six-year-old John Benet Ramsey never fails to spark a heated debate. Rife with conflicting theories, false confessions, and a growing inventory of evidence, the 20-year-old case of who killed the tiny blue-eyed pageant queen has become a white whale for armchair detectives and conspiracy theorists. While many adamantly believe John Benet was accidentally killed by a member of her own family who then staged her death to look like a kidnapping, others are convinced that an intruder broke into the Ramsey home, slaughtered John Bonet, and left her there for her family to find. Over the years of relentless and sensationalized coverage that immortalized John Bonet in a tawdy pageant photos, the search to find her killer has turned into a massive game of media clue. Was it her mother in the basement with a paintbrush for a garret? The emotionally disturbed older brother with a flashlight to the face. The family friend dressed as Santa who seemed a little too eager to visit his special friend on Christmas. That's really sick and dark, right? Santa Claus is kind of like a child predator. Maxwell and I just did a special uh, podcast episode on Santa being Satan. and uh, Satan Claus? Uh, Satan's cause <laughs> is possibly Santa Claus for Christmas. But yeah, that's all very, very dark. Aside from the hype and bombast surrounding its 20-year anniversary, no one seemed to be able to offer much more than theories. As it stands, the list of people linked to John Bonet's murder is as winding as the spiral stairs that led to her corpse in the basement. Now that we've supposedly been given all the information we'll probably get, here's a review of the alleged perps, ranging from her own parents to a child pornographer on the lam in Thailand, who have come up in countless attempts to nail the killer behind one of America's longest and most baffling true crime whodunits. The mother, Patsy Ramsey. John Bonet's mother, Patsy Ramsey, took whatever secrets of that morning she had with her to the grave when she passed away after a 13-year battle with ovarian cancer that eventually spread to the brain. Though both her and her husband John were formally exonerated in 2008 thanks to developments in DNA technology, many still suspect that the former Miss West Virginia accidentally murdered her six-year-old child in a fit of rage over a bedwetting accident, then covered it up post-haste. From the outside, Patsy was your pleasant and influential suburban mother of two, known for her beauty pageant-winning daughter, John Bonet, and the lavish Christmas parties she threw every year. Still, several pieces of evidence suggest that she may have had more to do with the crime than she let on. First, it's been speculated that while cleaning up yet another one of John Bonet's bedwetting accidents, which are said to have occurred with some frequency, Ramsey flipped a switch and slammed the little girl's head against the side of a hard, blunt surface like a bathtub. Second, John Bonet was found with a rope around her neck tightened by a homemade garret determined to have been fashioned out of a paintbrush taken from Patsy's paint kit that lay nearby. Third, the most bizarre ransom note in the history of ransom notes. Patsy said she discovered a two-and-a-half-page ransom note on one of the rungs down the spiral staircase that led to the basement where John Bonet's body was found, written in strange verbiage that seemed listed from classic crime films. The note demanded $118,000 be given to the foreign faction by 10 a.m. 
the next day, which was later figured out to be the same amount of John Ramsey's Christmas bonus from his company Access Graphics. Some sources, including Boulder PD's former co-leading investigator, Steve Thomas, have speculated that Patsy wrote the note herself in a moment of panic after realizing what she'd done to John Bonet. But the handwriting analysis, though convincing, were eventually found to be inconclusive. It was determined, however, that the note had been written on a piece of Patsy's stationery from inside the home with her own pen. In the years following the murder, Patsy appeared extremely defensive, once even hashing it out with a naysayer on Larry King Live. While family and friends insisted that Patsy adored John Binet and would never have put the little girl in harm's way, some onlookers came down hard, criticizing Ramsey for sexualizing a vulnerable child through a string of beauty pageants. Initial thoughts on the mother? Maxwell? Um, <clears throat> was that... Was that all for the mother? Like it, it was. It, you, you talked about the mother only, right? Just okay, now, so yeah. You just okay. I didn't get to the. So father. everything was about the mother. Yeah. Um, Maxwell Army. Uh, yeah, it's pretty crazy. I don't know. <laughs> what? All right, let's move on to the father, John Ramsey. Police arrived at the crime scene that morning, the morning after Christmas Day, to find no footsteps in the snow or signs of a possible intruder. I've seen that disputed as well. Linda Arndt, the first police officer to arrive at the scene at that morning, looked around the house to no avail. Eventually, she sent John Ramsey and his neighbor, Fleet White, to search the house for anything unusual. Ramsey made a beeline straight for the basement cellar where he immediately found his deceased child. Though he'd been told to leave everything where he found it, he picked her up, carried the body upstairs, removed a piece of tape from the child's mouth, and placed her down. He even covered her up with a throw blanket, further destroying vital physical evidence. That's when Arndt started to feel that perhaps Ramsey knew too much. Arndt had made no secret of her suspicions toward the family. While Ramsey's unseen discovery of the body was suggested to have been the fault of a botched police investigation, some believe it's strange that intuition alone would lead a person to an admittedly unused part of the home. Is this kind of like uh, the Stephen Avery case? Pam Stern, like, who just went straight to the R, to the Rav Four and a lot of four thousand vehicles. Yo, see, here's the weird thing: their house was probably huge, but like, you would have looked everywhere in that house when you can't find her. Yeah, yeah. Well, some people think that they were actually planning to get rid of the body and stage it as a kidnapping, but the police showed up too soon, or something. They, or they she changed called their the mind police though, and there's a recording and all that stuff. Yeah, so they changed her mind, or something happened. I don't know the timeline exactly of the alleged theory that they were actually going to remove her from the house but then they didn't or they changed up their plan or whatnot max but no it was an act like no thoughts at all see that would make sense as an accident right like the mom's like they said like she might have hit her or something by accident but then they're tr but then what they're trying to stage it but then they're trying to get rid of the body and then they change their mind for getting rid of the body how do we account for all this strangeness <laughs> another thing was like uh they tried to take the fall for the son because he did it. They didn't want him to go to jail or but whatever. But how does that account for them staging, like, putting tape on her mouth? and? I don't know. What Like, what would you guys do? <laughs> like, if you accidentally did something like that. I don't know. You might mm, I don't panic. know if it was really like, an accident. Why would you cover it? Like, if it was really an accident. Unless they thought maybe it wasn't an accident. They thought he did it on purpose. Then that's different. If it was a real accident, I mean, I don't know. I would think everything would be on the up and up if it was just an accident. 
if they suspect no no if they accidentally killed her the parents or the mom oh oh the parents accidentally. yeah not the, I don't not know. the son yeah. but like it or say like one of you guys like accidentally killed your kid like I don't that's know that's kind of dark I don't know. know no clue it's like weird. an accident if you, if I guess most people would say it just wouldn't happen well you'd have wouldn't. to assess the situation okay cause at that point you're I'm panicking definitely gonna be, you don't know what the, you yeah, don't yeah. like you didn't mean to do it Obviously, and then it's like, damn, yeah, I don't want to, like, unless they did mean to do it, and then, or they were in a fit of rage, and they meant to do it that second, and then, yeah, okay. we don't know, we really don't know, because if it was a real accident, I don't know if people would jump to try to cover up a real accident, but let's say they got really mad at her for whatever reason, and they wanted to kill her that second, and then obviously, mm. or not even kill her, but they wanted to hit her really hard. And it's like, is that covered under accident? Because it would have to be something nefarious like that because you're not supposed to hit your kid. So yeah. if they want to hit her but not kill her, they would cover that up. But if they didn't mean to hurt her in any way and she got killed, I would think they wouldn't cover that up. But I don't know. And that's assuming it was the parents or Burke. Same thing with the Burke situation. If Burke accidentally killed her verse intentionally, would that change the actions of the parents? Hmm. It might, right? Because yeah. if it was a real accident, I mean, what do they have to, I mean, if it was, I don't know, Maxwell, thoughts, accident, non-accident? It's possible that it's an accident. I don't know. Why the basement, though? It's just crazy because it, it could have been an accident, but then they, like, put the rope around her neck with the thing and yeah. all this other stuff. Well, it's kind of like it's not the crime, it's the cover-up, back to Watergate. <laughs> um well, that's okay. So, Arndt told ABC News in 99 that she'd found other actions of theirs suspicious as well. Like how John and Patsy let the 10 a.m. deadline. Yeah, that's so specific, too. Like, the only people that would know that is the wife. I mean, the little kid's not going to write the ransom note. Or, like, one of his colleagues or something. Or the wife. Or if the parents told... are trying to make it look like one of the colleagues, they're trying to set it up. Is that too much forward wait, thinking? What if was... they're that panicked, would they think, oh, wait a second, let's make believe one of John's rivals at work is jealous of his bonus, so let's make that <laughs> bonus so when the investigators come to try yeah, to figure it number. out, they're going to think it's that guy. But what was the thing that they had to pay it to? That Some was... kind of foreign, That's yeah, foreign faction. Well, it's from movies. It's taken from movies uh, about ransoms. Yeah, there's no phone number. There's, I don't know. That's a nice bonus, though. Hundred either one hundred eighteen thousand or one hundred eighty thousand. Yeah, hold on. That's a nice bonus. What would you do with that bonus, Maxwell? Uh, I don't know. Vacation. Yeah, one hundred eighteen thousand. One hundred eighteen thousand. So. The 10 a.m. deadline in the 118,000 ransom notes slipped by without a word. So, like, they weren't concerned about... Mm. Aren't described kneeling beside John Bonet's body inches away from John Ramsey, so convinced the murderer was in the house with her that she claimed to have quietly counted the bullets in her holster just in case she had to use one. Yeah, I remember that. She, uh, there's a, a live interview with her explaining that whole thing. Arndt wasn't the only one who found Ramsey's behavior that morning strangely suspect. A detective on the scene claimed to have overheard John Ramsey making arrangements to fly the family to Atlanta just hours after the murder. John later admitted to this, saying that they'd been asked to leave the house and just wanted to go home to Atlanta, where they'd lived for over 25 years. Innuendo of sexual abuse began to circulate, though no evidence was ever found to prove these allegations. There is no history, Ramsey 
Ramsey said in a statement, a person doesn't go through their lives as a normal human being, one night turn into a monster slaughtering their daughter, go to bed, and then get up and act normal from there on. That doesn't happen. He, too, was exonerated with his late wife, Patsy, in 2008, once DNA testing cleared all three members of the immediate Ramsey family. Also, rumors that John was involved with some high-ranking government officials and DWB people. <laughs> Occult, tra dark traveling, dark <laughs> trafficking, etc. Dark stuff. No, this is my edition. <laughs> this was not in the Rolling Stone article. Yeah, this is just one of, the, one of the rabbit holes that John was in some kind of influential circle of people and some of the parties they had at their house were occult in nature. Illuminati there's some really sacrifice. dark... Yeah, there's some dark, dark theories in this case as well. Let's move on to the brother, Burke Ramsey. John and Patsy Ramsey diligently shielded John Benet's older brother, Burke, from the press for years after the murder. And judging by his recent very strange interview with Dr. Phil, that was probably a good idea. Ramsey, who was formally exonerated in 2008, along with his parents, made a decision to clear the air in September, and the 29-year-old software developer creepily grinned through Dr. Phil's line of questioning that ran down the chain of events leading up to the night in question. Soon after, CBS aired The Case of John Bonet Ramsey, a two-part documentary that reinvestigated the evidence of the crime with a select group of FBI and forensic experts, including retired profiler Jim Clemente and former Scotland Yard behavioral analyst Laura Richards. The documentary leaned their suspicions towards Burke Ramsey as close as they possibly could without making any kind of formal accusation. What year was this again? 95? The, the whole thing. 96. 96, okay. The CBS team set up a compelling theory. Famed forensic investigator Werner Spitz's review of John Benet's autopsy included a perfectly rectangular defect that he suspected... <laughs> <laughs> Maxwell, what are you doing? Just uh, dancing around a little bit. Dancing with the wolves. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. Famed forensic investigator Werner Spitz's review of John Bonet's autopsy included a perfectly rectangular defect that he suspected came from a blow to the little girl's head with a blunt, heavy flashlight seen in a photo on the kitchen counter in the crime scene photos. He claimed the flashlight fit the eight and a half inch gash in her skull, quote, to perfection, end quote. Damn, However, however, no trace evidence of either John Bonet nor Burke was found on the flashlight. The flashlight became even more suspicious when tied to the pineapple scenario, a theory that suggested John Bonet had taken a slice of fruit from Burke's late-night snack found on the dining room table. An undigested piece of pineapple was found in the child's stomach during autopsy, leading him to strike her with the nearby flashlight out of anger. Lastly, the wounds on John Bonet's back, previously assumed to have come from an encounter with a stun gun, what? Were consistent with the edges of one of Burke's toy train tracks, which Spitz suggested may have been used by Burke to poke his sister's unconscious body for a response. However, Burke shot back immediately after the special aired, not the usual action of a guilty party. His attorney, L. Lynn Wood, claiming that CBS perpetuated a fraud on its viewers. Then, last week, Wood filed a $150 million lawsuit against Spitz for potentially defamatory statements he made about Burke while promoting the special. 
And the lawyer confirmed to Rolling Stone that they are still intent on suing the network once a mandatory waiting period has passed. So what do we think of the Burke theories? That's one of the most popular online theories is that uh, the brother did it and then the parents covered it up sort of sloppily. All right, the pineapple thing was crazy. Never heard of that. You never Uh, heard of that? That was a main... I remember when the case was even in the media even a lot... When that first information came out, they were trying to figure out the time of death on that. And then why would an intruder kill her, then put her in the basement, tie her up after she's already dead? What dude? was what was the um, the electric uh, the electrocution thing again? You said it's train tracks? Well, originally, so there was some marks on her back that some people theorized that a stun gun was okay, used Okay, stun on gun, her. okay. And then, but this guy Spitz said that it actually fits Burke's toy train tracks perfectly. What it, train tracks meaning like a I piece guess, of it and yeah, then you could like yeah. poke with it. Okay. Because if he hit her and he didn't mean to hurt, kill her and then she was unconscious and he was trying to, I don't know, wake her up if he thought she was sleeping. I don't know. So this would have happened in the, the kitchen? Track with whatever was nearby, yeah. Which would have been a piece from the train track set, yeah. So this would have happened in the kitchen? This whole thing possibly because he said the flashlight was in the kitchen. She had the pineapple, his midnight snack, or whatever snack it was. So his parents are their parents are sleeping. There's a bunch of different scenarios of where it happened. We're gonna go. We're gonna go over all of them in a future episode. Because the kid ain't gonna carry her down the stairs. Unlikely, yeah. So the parents would have had to. Unless he could, he was seven, I think, she and was then six. She, she was six. He could drag her down the stairs. I guess. I don't think he would. You bring up a good point, though. I don't think he would do that. It, like, it just gonna, seems not something that a kid would do. I don't know. It'd be too hard too. He wouldn't be able to. It wouldn't be that easy. I don't think a kid would want to do something that hard. I don't know. It just seems like it's too much of a thing to do. I don't know. Let's move on to the town drifter, Gary Oliva. Gary Oliva was a 32-year-old known sex offender in Boulder, Colorado, when John Bonet was found strangled to death in what looked like a potential sexual assault given that there was a droplet of blood on her underwear. The convicted pedophile had been living in the area on and off when police allegedly found a magazine cutout of John Bonet Ramsey in his backpack after he was apprehended on drug charges in 2000. He was soon released, but suspicions remained. You know what else is weird? It, what, could that blood have been planted on her underwear? To was that the only blood? But she wasn't bleeding, right? Or was she? But yeah, it could have been. If that blood was planted, yeah, that's kind of weird. And do they know the identity of the person? They just haven't released it for whatever reasons. Could she have been hit in the head and not have been passed out? Like she was just, I guess. Like she just had that dent in her head and just maybe died like hours later or something or even we don't know half hour later we don't know a lot of potential scenarios the ramsey's family's longtime private investigator ollie gray once referred to oliva's ties to john benet as a bombshell arrest in the case and lambasted the boulder pd for failing to consider him as a more credible suspect soon after oliva's high school friend michael vale stepped forward with an allegation supporting gray's suspicion vale claimed that not long after the murder a distraught oliva had called him on the phone and confessed to his longtime pal that to have hurt a little girl, I hurt a little girl. Vale revealed in Touch magazine earlier this year that he was particularly unsettled by how the knots used to fashion the garret that strangled John Bonet were similar to those used in an incident where Oliva attempted to choke his mother with a telephone cord. 
My blood ran cold when I read that, recalled Vale, of his troubled childhood friend. Oliva was also rumored to have possible connections to a theory that links the marks found on John Bonet's body to an encounter with a stun gun. Oliva had one on him at the time of his arrest. That's kind of circumstantial. While he too was cleared by DNA testing for the John Bonet murder, he was recently charged with two counts of sexual exploitation of a child for possessing child pornography. He was last reported by the Denver Post to have been arrested in June and held on $100,000 bond and is scheduled to appear in court later this fall. 2018. Well, this article was 2016. So. Oh, okay. You know what's weird, though? If, if let's say it was the father, John... If he has connections in uh, high up connections in government, could they be paying off the friends of like known criminals to say this about their friend? Like, do we have a record of that phone call? You know, it'd be interesting if there was a recording of that call as well. Where's the NSA when you need one? Anything post like mid late nineties? I mean, shouldn't they? Shouldn't the NSA have recordings of all conversations? They probably did record stuff before that too. I mean, it would be unlawful, so you couldn't use it in court, but it would be st it would still be damning. You know, it'd be enough to get a warrant, right? Like, you couldn't use it in court to convict the person since it was illegally obtained. Yeah. However, if there was a record of that conversation, that would be pretty damning. All right, let's move on to the electrician, Michael Helgoth. Another potential suspect, according to Ollie Gray, was an electrician named Michael Helgoth who worked in a nearby auto salvage yard. Gray referred to Helgoth as a Hellraiser. Hel Avery? <laughs> Helgoth, Helgoth was a Hellraiser? Hellraiser, well. Hellgoth, Hellraiser, tied to an alleged property dispute involving the Ramses. Could that have served as possible motivation to seek revenge on the family and kidnap John Bonet? Here's another thing. What if it was a kidnapping gone wrong? What if John Bonet was getting noisy or loud and he didn't want to kill her, whoever was in the house? There's still too many inconsistencies and problems and wouldn't Burke, I mean, I don't know. What if it was related, if it was something that was related to the parents that they didn't want known, they could have not come forward with information about a possible intruder and they know who did it, but they're hiding it, they hid it for whatever reason. What do you think about that, Maxwell? Interesting theory. <laughs> <laughs> what? You doing a podcast or what? Of course. <laughs> That's all you got? Um, right at this point, yeah. <laughs> It's been speculated that once the 26-year-old Helgoth caught wind that he could be a suspect in the case, officials found a boot print allegedly similar to his near the Ramsey home. He committed suicide before anyone could get to him. His death occurred two days after a 97 press conference announcing that the Boulder DA was zeroing in on a new suspect. However, Helgoth remains cleared by both DNA and death. <laughs> I don't know. How, how does death clear him? Because if he did it, I don't know. It's a weird article. So anyway, what do we think of this? Is that is is that suspicious, Maxwell, that he committed suicide two days after the press conference saying that they were zeroing in on a new suspect? That's crazy. Now, the boot print match, how much is that worth? I mean, a lot of people might wear similar boots. I don't... Yeah, like size and all that stuff, though. Can we... It doesn't say a whole lot. We're going to have to do a dedicated episode on that particular boot print because there's also conflicting reports that they found nothing. And they're and also they found a boot print. I don't know. They're also known to have these lavish Christmas parties. So yeah. the 25th is Christmas. Yeah. There must so it could have been, have been anybody. Theoretically, it could have been anybody at the party who saw her and came back for her for whatever reason. 
You know what's a really messed up conspiracy theory? What if, for whatever reason, the parents wanted to orchestrate the kidnapping for some purpose that we don't know about? And they either paid somebody, or the, even the darkest theories are that they sold her into slavery or whatever. And when someone was coming to get her, something went wrong and they killed her. And the parents didn't want to be implicated in this. I mean, that's one of the darkest theories ever. And I'm not saying it's true in any way, but that's, that's as dark as it gets. Yeah, I wonder how many people they had at their party. Like, I'm picturing it's like a huge party with like yeah. maybe 50 people or something like that. Yeah, we're going to have to do a dedicated podcast on that scenario. Uh, let's move on to the school teacher, John Mark Carr. So in 2006, a former school teacher, John Mark Carr, confessed out of the blue to the 96 strangulation of John Binet in graphic sexual detail. Carr was arrested in Thailand, where he'd been living on the lam after facing child pornography charges in the U.S., the now 51-year-old initially brought himself into the mess by reaching out to a University of Colorado Boulder professor named Michael Tracy over email in regards to a documentary Tracy was making on the case. Once those emails took a disturbing turn, revealing the grown man's sexual fascination with John Binet, Tracy reported Carr to the police who arrested him in Bangkok as a possible suspect. He was immediately flown to Boulder for questioning, but was ultimately cleared after his DNA failed to match the profile of an unknown male found on the waistband of John Binet's long johns. You know what else is weird? What if the real perpetrator for whatever reason, had some kind of blood from someone else and they were thinking ahead and they just dropped that piece of blood there to throw them off the trail of the real perpetrator. <laughs> because it seems like you're right. They're putting all of their stock into this DNA sample. Yeah. Now, the other thing to consider, even though an exclusion test is pretty good, it could have there could have still been problems with the DNA test. Like, they obviously need to redo all these tests with new DNA technology. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's kind of random. Like, why would the person have blood? Like, where is that blood coming from? Like, if it wasn't planted, like, what, like why? Is Did that John Benet hit him with something? Resisting? And that caused... But there would be more than one drop, though, right? If that happened. I don't know. It's weird. It is kind of bizarre. Why would there be just one drop? The Unless thing... there was a lot more and he cleaned it all up except for the... But there's still probably more than one drop. Yeah, it doesn't make a lot of sense. What do you think, Maxwell? Um, uh, I concur. Maxwell Army. <laughs> Don't you think there'd be more than one drop of a killer on a victim? So there would either be none or more than one drop. Why is there only one drop? Yeah, try to conserve blood. What? Try to conserve blood. I don't know. <laughs> what? <laughs> the police I, I planted know, it. If it, came, if it comes from a tube or somewhere. Oh, no, but if it's not a plant, if it's not planted blood, like if you're trying to kill somebody. Yeah. If they hit you or something and you're bleeding, so there would either be more than one drop or no blood. If Why would there only be one? Like Even if you cleaned it up, would you clean it up that perfect that there's only one drop? That's a good point. I don't know. That's weird, right? <laughs> yeah. That's weird. And then to hide her in the same house? Or not even hide. Well, if they're trying to remove her, what if they got spooked? What if they're trying to remove her and then as they're getting to the basement? Well, they, would they, they wouldn't take her out the front door. That's too suspicious. So maybe the, they would be trying to take her out. One of the windows the were busted out in the basement, though. Yeah, there was that as well. There's a lot of... This whole case is really strange. Like, if you're staging How it... How the window? Is it, is it, so would that be part... Could that have been part of the family staging? Or the yeah. perpetrator, if it wasn't part of the staging? Or... Okay. So Carr's demented confession involved a series of diary entries allegedly written from the scene of the crime. In one dramatic account, Carr recalls strangling John Binet in a love game gone wrong. 
quote, close your pretty eyes, sweetheart, end quote. That's pretty sick. Reads the excerpt in which Carr repeatedly refers to himself as Daxis. Daxis loves you so much. Oh, God, I love you, John Bonet, and my lover's eyes are slowly closing. These are some pretty weird entries. Carr's alleged involvement broke international headlines, and his earnest insistence on having killed her was enough to set off a media fiasco. However, he was ultimately dismissed as a suspect altogether and written off as a pedophile who was after notoriety and fame. Officials also failed to verify that he was ever in Boulder. According to a 2010 report by the Daily Beast, the one-time suspect is now living a new identity and a new gender in the Pacific Northwest. <laughs> nice. <laughs> That's weird. Okay. wonder what his name is now. Okay, the housekeeper, Linda Hoffman Pugh. Okay, so there have also been, other than the parents and Burke, I think the housekeeper theory was probably the next most popular, right? Online. Didn't know about from, the housekeeper. Yeah. So parents is number one and housekeeper second? Well, Burke, I said the third. Oh, Burke. Oh, third, sorry. So so parents, Burke, and then housekeeper. I just said that like one second ago. Uh, the yeah. housekeeper. Linda Hoffman Pugh had worked for the family as their housekeeper, and her husband, Mervyn, was their handyman. So it wasn't surprising that she was known to carry a key to the home. And during the investigation of John Bonet's murder, Hoffman Pugh didn't even begin to fit the profile the police were after. White male, former convict, 25 to 30 years old. The crazy thing is, is like it could be anybody because she's she was famous, right? She, yeah, it could have been anybody that was stalking her at anybody yeah. at any one of the pageants, yeah. It could be like literally anybody. She didn't hold back on voicing her suspicions that Patsy Ramsey had accidentally killed John Bonet. So this is what the housekeeper is saying. That said, Patsy claimed to investigators that Hoffman and Pugh was struggling for money and had asked for a loan of several thousand dollars, which Ramsey had declined. Police showed up at the Pugh's home the night after the murder and asked the 57-year-old housekeeper to write the number 118,000 on a piece of paper and reportedly took her fingerprints and several strands of her hair. She then testified in front of a grand jury for a total of eight hours including a statement against Patsy that read, quote, I think she had multiple personalities. She'd be in a good mood and then she'd be cranky. She got into arguments with John Bonet about wearing a dress or about a friend coming over. I had never seen Patsy so upset, end quote. Are we going into a multiple personality theory now, Maxwell? So the mm-hmm. mother, one of the mother's personalities killed her. The other personality didn't know. And the, the, the personality wrote the handwritten letter, which is why there's problems with the confirmation because it's a different personality wrote the letter. I don't know. What do you guys yeah. think about that theory? It's, yeah, it's, it's okay. Well, hold on a Can't second. Hold on a second. Whole physical, hold on a second. Like... If she snapped, if she snapped as the personality that killed John Bonet, then she snapped back to her main personality and ran to her husband, whatever. She and doesn't I, know who did it, so she'd be genuine. She'd right, be right, able right, to convince right, right. the husband. That's pretty cool. I like that one. She'd be able to convince him he would even think she's lying because she's not lying. You're writing and, and this she script. Would, You're and this she script. would and right. she would uh and she would pass the and she would pass any kind of lie detector test as well because if yeah. it was the other personality. That's so that, the parents so the parents could have truly not known what happened. What about they the should, handwriting though? Because they matched the handwriting to her. Well, there's well, a whole close. bunch of there's a bunch of different accounts, but wouldn't that account for the personality because it would be slightly closer than a stranger because it's her hand and she's used, the muscles are used to working in a certain way. 
know. We, we need to look up studies on handwritten matches mm. to different personality types of the same human body. I heard it could change your physical, like, uh, not appearance maybe, but, like, change Demeanor, things. Yeah. Your personality type? Personality yeah. type, yeah, like, for Well, uh, I haven't seen anything that said that the handwriting was a complete match. It was inconclusive, so they were saying it could be or couldn't be. There's not enough. It's similar, but it's not 100% exact from what I've seen. We're going to have to go over that in a dedicated episode as well. Hmm. Yeah, and then, like, how she reacted after that. Did she have any weird episodes and all that? Yeah. The Hoffman Pugh theory asserted that the housekeeper led a trusting John Binet down into the basement that night in an attempt to trick her employers into leaving money for her ransom. It's possible that she could have seen John Ramsey's pay stub for $118,000 as a holiday bonus and chosen that as her demand because she knew they had the money. That's interesting, right? If the housekeeper was in on it and then she made up all this stuff about Patsy to hmm. throw suspicion off herself. And if she was just really crazy for money and insane enough and she, she got really jealous over that bonus because she thinks she deserves it because of all the hard work she does. I don't know. We're dealing with crazy people. What do you think about that, Maxwell? Uh, interesting. <laughs> Did you get it? No, not really. <laughs> the housekeeper saw the bonus. That the that the father got. Okay. And because she wants more money as a housekeeper, and if she's crazy, she might think she deserves it, and she knows they're good for it, because if she saw the check, yeah. she'll just give that money to me. Uh, I see. So how does she set it, set it up where she gets it? I don't know. If she was planning the kidnapping and something went wrong, and then she died, so she wrote the note before John Bonet died, or mm. I don't know. I mean, all of these theories seem to have problems with them. <laughs> yeah. All the theories have problems with them. Familiar with both the home and the family's schedule, Hoffman Pugh makes a convenient suspect, and without an alibi, she was asleep in bed while her husband allegedly slept on the couch. There is room to speculate she could have been involved. So far, all evidence implicating her in the case is circumstantial at best, and she has never been formally accused of the crime. All right, let's go on to this super dark rabbit hole. The town Santa, Bill McReynolds. Bill McReynolds, now deceased, was a friend of the Ramseys who had dressed up as Santa Claus the week before John Benet's murder to entertain the neighborhood children at one of Patsy's famous Christmas gatherings. While an older man dressed as Santa makes a pretty good perp in a sexualized child murder, the possibility that the now deceased McReynolds had anything to do with John Benet's death is extremely unlikely. McReynolds is rumored to have paid a little too much attention to John Benet, going so far as to arrange a secret visit from Santa Claus on Christmas. Supposedly, he had chosen John Benet to be his special friend, going so far as to bring a vial of glitter gifted to him by the six-year-old with him into heart surgery. That's kind of weird. Even stranger, he asked his wife to mix the gold glitter in with his ashes were he to die. <laughs> I don't know where they're getting this information from because I don't know if this has been verified or what. This particular story generated buzz in the Denver Post, but failed to amount to anything more than the sensationalized character assassination of a friendly old man. Furthermore, if it was someone else at the party who maybe kind of sort of looked like McReynolds or knew that McReynolds would dress up as the Santa, what if they dressed up as Santa or whatnot, pretending to be him, knowing that they would be blamed for it? Or is that too crazy a theory? I mean, having this Christmas time setting as a... Uh, a way for certain criminals to try to get away. I mean, I'm sure criminals have dressed up as Santa Claus before, especially during Christmas time, pretending to be whoever to either rob malls or whatnot. 
like in the movie Bad Santa. <laughs> yeah. So there's actually one more suspect that doesn't get talked about, and I'm going to bring him up. So this is from an article, newidea.com.au. His name is Keith Schwinneman. So he pled guilty to one count of sexual assault of a child and was given a four-year deferred sentence. This was one year before John Bonet's death. In a 2003 plea deal, Schwinneman agreed to a 32-year prison sentence for sex acts he committed against three women between 93 and 96. He remains imprisoned at the Crowley County Correctional Facility in Colorado. If you look at John Bonet's murder and Schwinneman's crimes for just the methods of operation, a lot of similarities fit, retired Boulder, Colorado detective Bob Whitson has said. But what we didn't have was any physical evidence against him. Schwinneman tied up two of his victims with nylon rope and taped another victim's hands behind her back. In one case, Schwinneman broke through a window before attacking his victim. Schwinneman's DNA did not match that found on John Bonet's clothes, but Whitson has said that he always wore gloves while committing crimes. In an explosive twist, Schwinneman's ex-partner has said that she can't give him a 100% alibi for the night of John Bonet's death. Hmm. So, you know what else is kind of weird, though? What if that drop of blood just a red herring? What if it wasn't a plant, but it's just from whatever an unexplained scenario that has nothing to do with her death yeah what if it was there for a long time <sighs> yeah what if yeah from above from what though from who we don't know but let's say it has nothing to do with the killer are all these people that have been ruled out because of it should they have been ruled out because if we're looking at a dna some kind of dna evidence that was there for an unrelated reason or whatever. Let's say it had nothing to do with her death. They ruled all, out all of these people based on something that might not have had anything to do with her death. Hmm. That's kind of a problem, right? I think like all of these people need to be re-looked at, right? Yeah. And there's even a crazy, there's some other crazy theories like a wild animal killed her, like an owl or something, because there were animal hairs found on the tape used on her. She was taped, her mouth was taped, right? Yeah. Or something like that. So was she found dead outside or something? Or? We don't know. But there were animal hairs on tape. Some people think, oh, well, what if an owl came in through that broken window and just killed her somehow? <laughs> I mean, how would it, I don't know how it, if it had hit her and then she fell and hit her skull hard enough to kill her on something. Oh, my then, God. Obviously, that doesn't explain how the tape so or the, what the So the owl was flying with the the flashlight in its mouth and then it hit her. <laughs> I don't know. Just some crazy. And there's also obviously theories that Katy Perry is John Benet Ramsey and John Benet Ramsey is actually not dead. I've heard of this. Yeah. You can find a lot of crazy theories out there. Craziness. Yeah. That's another one. Kate, wait, wait, Katy Perry or was it uh lady Gaga? Well, there's both. Actually, I think there's one on both. <laughs> there's Katy Perry and lady Gaga. I think the lady, yeah, the lady Gaga ones, I think were a little bit more convincing than the Katy the Perry earlobes. They always look at the earlobes. Yeah. They look at the earlobes and face structures. Max, what do you think about that? Is John Benet lady Gaga? <laughs> no. How do you know? I have no idea. Maybe he is. Maybe she is. Hmm. All right. So I'm going to introduce a McGuire theory here. Oh. So let's say there was an intruder who might've harmed John Benet. Her parents didn't know about it because they thought Burke did it. Wait, say, one more time. Somebody else did it? Uh, You're turning into Maxwell here. Yeah. I like let's that. Somebody say else did it, but they thought that Burke did it. They thought Burke did it. Yeah, yeah. So that's why they covered it up because they were trying to protect okay, Burke yeah. when in actuality someone else did do it. And okay. that's why none of the evidence matches up. That's, that's why nothing makes sense. 
Hold on. How um, what was the cause of death? Strangulation. Uh, Although they, her skull. Wait, who who found a, who found her first alleged? Well, allegedly, when the police officer showed up, the father searched the house, but he went ex- he went directly. So the house is a huge mansion. He went directly to that back uh, cellar door where he found her in the basement. He found her. Yeah. And he knew exactly where to look, according to that officer. And so he, that's wait, wait, hold on, hold on. So, so they didn't call the cops. Unless here, if they searched the rest of the house, wait, and that so was the only on, place. Hold now, if that was the only place they didn't search, it would make sense. Maybe he just remembered. Wait a second, we looked everywhere except there. Maybe or the basement. Oh, so yeah. they called. They called her missing, and then when the right, officer the came, arrived, oh, yeah. let's look for her here, and then they. Found well, the, she just told them to look over because they then found he went the ransom there. note. They were reading. You know, they had the ransom note, so they thought she was taken. You know, from and the, the officer told them to search the house. See, like, why would they there. have him? Search? And then they, they went. Should've... They went straight. Well, I guess if that was the first officer that arrived. Nobody, else, everybody else was arriving soon. So, so, so from she, arrival, they found her in two minutes when the dad. Just However much went. time, yeah. What? Okay, yeah. So, Some, yeah, like immediately, like she came right, over. Yeah, let's look okay. for her again or whatever. And, and then found her. So, and then she, he's, she's hanging by the rope, and then took her down. Hanging by the rope? What are you talking yeah, about? Because you said she was strangled, right? Or she was. Hanging. Yeah, I don't but not. She, she wasn't was, hanging. Who there? said she was hanging? Oh, oh so she, she said she was strangled. strangled. Tied yeah. up. That was, the cause of death was strangulation. Oh, sorry. Uh, uh, for some reason, Wait. I have. For some reason, I have. I I hear like I heard rope or something. I don't know. Yeah, her neck was. Where her neck was tied, and her, she was tied up too, right? But she was also hit in the head with a flashlight, or hit in the head with something, which could have been the flashlight. So, what was the question before I got all into this? What was your question? My question is, what if there was an intruder? But the parents didn't know about it, and the parents thought Burke killed her, so they wanted to protect Burke him. Burke is so the they brother. Set the whole, they set the whole thing up, not knowing that there not was an intruder that, where yeah, there really yeah. was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Would yeah. that explain all the anomalies in this case? Yeah, I like that one. The the McGuire <laughs> theory is pretty sound. You heard the the owl one? That one was kind of crazy. Which one? The owl one, or the the bird? I like that one. What 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 did it, what did it do? Well, there's a hole in the window. But you like it without yeah. knowing about it? Yeah. Well, I like the owl. So. <laughs> And the owl flew through the Her skull was window. fractured, by the way. It wasn't yeah. just the dead. Oh, so the owl went fractured. through the window and, like, and cracked her, her skull, her and, then, yeah. and then she died. How'd she get tied up, And then the owl tied her up. Unless, unless it wasn't an intruder, and it was the owl that killed her, and the parents still thought it was Burke. Oh, my God. <laughs> that's insane. Yeah, that bird one, that, yeah, it's nice. I like the owl one. Maybe she was already tied up, and then the owl just broke through the window. Oh, my God. <laughs> so they were playing. Somebody's playing and kill. To, to somebody's playing and kidnap her, and an owl killed a her. A trained owl. You know how they have like trained the owl the birds. Ruined it, the owl ruined the whole kidnapping. That's a real theory that people think. Like, this was actually posted on BusinessInsider.com. Which one, the owl? Yeah, an owl did it, or another wild animal. Animal hairs were found on John Bonet's body. And on the duct tape covering her mouth, which led to some crazy theories that an animal, like an owl or a beaver, killed her. Dogman. No, yeah, what? So, Babe. how would the beaver, like... Well, why Why are there... Okay, so I actually, I think I read a rebuttal to this. The parents originally moved her out of the house, and they were going to dump her somewhere, but then they brought her back. So that's possibly why there's hair on her body. Or someone else... Not the parents. If it wasn't intruder, they originally wanted to get rid of the body, but then maybe if they got spooked that somebody could see them, then they just left the body. They paid the ransom and got her back. (laughs) 
No, I'm saying. No, no, somebody... I'm saying like, like, what if they actually did like this happened hours before they paid the ransom somehow and got the body back? What? And they uh... pretended not. But why would they pretend any of that? I don't know. Can that no, work? if there was an intruder who think, wanted to kidnap they... her, get that. If there was an intruder who wanted to kidnap her, they actually brought her outside for a period of time, but then they got spooked, so they brought her. So then they just threw her back in and left, and that's why there's animal hair on her body. Huh. Because she was outside for a certain period of time. All right, so here's one other final point where this will blow your mind. So if anybody could have done it already, let's open the door even more. So there were over 20 sets of keys that the family had made for other family members and friends to have access to the house. So everyone from neighbors to house cleaners to construction workers in addition to extended family and friends, had a key to this house. There was also a key hidden under a statue in the backyard. So anybody could have... So, and they never rekeyed the house. So even when they moved in, supposedly, they never redid the locks. So anybody who owned the house previously, and if they had known they had sold it to the Ramses, we don't know. So any lost keys along the way <laughs> for years... Anybody could have had this. So any copies made unaccounted for. How bizarre is this case, Maxwell? Bizarre. So you have any theory so far? Or are you with the McGuire theory? Nah, I need to see a documentary. I'm not getting the visuals on it. <laughs> I need to see visuals so I can imagine the logistics. and. Well, we like didn't that. go over the logistics, but just general of the people involved. General, different theories. I don't know. DWB is definitely... <laughs> The occult connection. Johnny, what are you thinking right now? I don't know. I'm still trying to think like if they paid the ransom. <laughs> like I'm, somebody I'm took sticking, her. Yeah, so, I'm sticking with my McGuire theory until further notice. Mm. However, I think that that DNA might be a red herring, which is throwing off the entire investigation. But we're going to have to dig deep into more details and go down all these different rabbit holes once again if you like our podcast you can donate to our paypal just check the link in the description feel free to share this episode if you like the episode like it leave any comments thoughts or questions and you can check us out on social media facebook reddit twitter patreon make sure to like our facebook page and make sure you subscribe to the channel hit the bell for notifications this is bruce mcguire signing off and Maxwell powers and johnny mills We'll see you guys next time.